0: To make a tax-deductible donation or learn more about becoming a station underwriter, use the donate page on our website, WRFALP.com, or send a check to WRFA Radio, 116 East 3rd Street, Jamestown, New York. Or you can call 716-664-2465. You are tuned in to Arts on Fire right here on 107.9 WRFA How you doing out there? I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, here with you with another one. And we got uh, with us today Sakanya Berman, local dancer and choreographer. We also have her company manager with us, Daryl. We got lots to talk about. We we had Sakanya in back, would have been like last fall. And since then, wow, lots to get into. So that is exactly what we're going to do. Sakanya, Daryl, how you both doing?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Doing really, really good. Awesome. How, about, how about you, Daryl? Happy to be here. Looking, uh, Really looking forward to talking to you both. I mean, let's start with that. For people who maybe heard our uh, last conversation, I mean, what have you been up to since uh, fall of 2022? I'm thinking around... Our last conversation September or so of last year. What have you uh, what have you been up to since then?
1: So the last time I think we talked Anthony, we were um, I was doing the New York State Choreographers Initiative. Yes. So we did the residency one in Jamestown. We worked with three local dancers and then we also did a residency in New York City and I had three other dancers from New York City that I worked with. The project, again, it was a very process-oriented project, uh, so there was no, uh, you know, requirement to do a show at the end. So it was, like, very, very refreshing where you can just, like, totally focus on creating but not with the intent of, like, presenting. So... um, we could experiment, go wild with where we can take things and, you know, uh, make us uncomfortable, like going into places where we've never been before and, uh, experiment with different forms. So we did like Indian classical of Bharatanatyam and Kathak as well as modern. Um, and the result was like just, just amazing. You know, we, we created two different pieces and, um, we might be able to showcase them sometime, you know, in the future. But for now, you know, uh, that kind of led me into expanding on my um, dance company. We did a couple shows in Jamestown, in Buffalo. Uh, I collaborated with another dance company in Buffalo called Davy Bollywood. We uh, performed in dance, uh, "Find Your Beat," which was a collaboration with Davy Bollywood, Mahatmaho Dance Collective in Buffalo, and myself. Um, that was at the
2: Shays, right? That was at Shays 710. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a very cool um, production. It was, uh, you know, bringing in cultures from Guyana, the Caribbean, uh, India, and, you know, the U.S. kind of coming together and creating this, this beautiful uh, collage of dances. And um, then we have expanded and we have moved from our old location uh, from Cherry Street to now we are on East 2nd Street.
2: 106.
1: 106 East 2nd Street. So we have a new studio coming up. We are working on getting the studio ready and we'll start offering classes and opening it up to our community in September. That's that's our deadline. Yeah. Yes. Stay Um, tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. (laughs) and yeah and you know on top of that we've been kind of busy uh, just advocating for dance i recently uh got inducted into the new york state dance force congratulations
0: uh, on that thank
1: you it's it's very exciting um and that will eventually help me bring in more dance activity to chautauqua county so just you know building up on projects <laughs>
0: I know, I And mean, we talked about this, I know, last time you were in, but kind of going on that with, like, dancing in Chautauqua County because I feel like you bring a ton to the area that probably really wasn't here before. Like, like talking about, like, the dance scene and stuff, is there much of one around here? Are you are, Is there much of a trail to kind of, like, you know, is, is there, like, a blueprint or anything to go by as you're doing all this? Or is this kind of new grounds? Are you kind of, like, bringing in stuff that there's not a lot, you know, not maybe mentors to go to or, like, people who have done this in the past?
1: So, you know, in – a lot of small towns Like ours Mm -hmm. in the US, we have a lot of dance studios that cater to different dance forms, which are mostly Eurocentric. So you start off with tap, you do a little bit of jazz, uh, ballet, Uh, maybe you'll go into contemporary and there's another form called lyrical that you might do. Uh, And that the career track for that is basically going to be like you're going to go for more commercial work Mm -hmm. Um, and you're not really going into, um, I guess, the academic part of it. So you're probably, you know, if you are going to take that pathway, you're probably going to end up being maybe a backup dancer for a pop artist, or you can be, um, you know, a dancer on a cruise ship or uh, other commercial entertainment. So that is one track. And that has been the most common track in small towns like ours. Um, But then there is another track that you can take where you can become you can go into universities or like the academic space and then, you know, uh, research more into like different dance forms and styles and delve deeper into technique work, delve, delve deeper into the culture and the history and the context of dance. So that is another career track, which we don't really see a lot happening in our area. So, I mean, both tracks are very necessary, I feel like. Of course, you have to, like, have employment at the end of it. (laughs) But also kind of, I think what happens is once we kind of go in the commercial route, we lose the appreciation for it because we are not as deeply invested and connected to the form, you know, the cultural history of the forms. To
2: to answer the other part of your question, so something that we've learned since coming to Jamestown, we found out more over time and with her deepened involvement with some of the folks over at New York State Dance Force, Jamestown used to have a very rich tradition in dance. Really? Theater. Just like there was, it used to be a hub professionally speaking, like where it was a location where dance companies, theater companies used to make routine stops in Jamestown, probably what in the 1970s, 80s, 70s, 80s. Back when the NEA funding was a lot greater. Mm -hmm. Um, But that that was just very interesting. I think it was Lois Welco was telling us a lot about early days in Jamestown. And um, I don't know if you want to elaborate on that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I mean
1: we had local modern dance company called Pick of the Crop and they used to do a lot of shows here. We had the Empire State Ballet who would perform here as well. Uh, they were a Buffalo-based company uh, but they would also perform a lot in Chautauqua County. Uh, we had other dance companies like Stop By, bigger dance companies like Bill T. Jones and um, you know other like Paul Taylor. Uh, so that kind of I guess like stopped in the 90s eight, like end of 80s 90s it kind of stopped because a lot of funding for the arts dried up oh. and that's where I think this this you know commercial aspect of it came up because in TV you had so you think you can dance or dance moms and I don't yes, know like with the stars. dancing with the stars and those came up and it became more of a, a attraction for people to like you know go that route of like commercial dance um, so I think there is like a revival happening. People are kind of understanding that there, there is that disconnect somewhere um, between like you know just dancing and then actually appreciating dance. And I think there is a need for that in our community and people are wanting that. And I think that's the void I'm trying to fill.
2: And to, I like that. And to give a, a comparison for the audience out there that maybe isn't as familiar with the dance world, think of like in the music scene. It was here, like you think back in the 1960s and 70s, you had a lot of progressive rock where you'd have like 10, 15, 20 minute songs. It was very long and drawn out, but anyone that was an appreciator of music knew what they were getting out of those longer tracks. But then as time has gone on, you've seen shorter and shorter songs. It's got more commercial. Uh, I know. And the- now
1: we have what the the hook the hook. Step, not hooks. Some step. songs that like, literally, you know, these little hooks the hook. on TikTok where they kind of repeat yes. the same line, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. and then that kind of repeats. I think people's attention like, span. Like, Sorry about the whole song
0: anymore. It's like about ten <laughs> right, seconds, right? <laughs>
1: exactly, the very catchy ten yep. seconds. That kind of you An know, and I understand. Like yeah, that's yeah. That's kind
2: of happened in the dance world as well. Yeah, um,
1: unfortunately. yeah. Unfortunately, but there is again a certain you know uh, population of the the dance community that's very invested in. Um, kind of keeping that tradition of dance going, you know, having a longer format of dance, having a whole evening length performance rather than just recitals of like five minutes each, uh, you know, a group of kids or a group of performers going in and performing, but rather having a whole evening length work that is uh, more of storytelling, that Mm -hmm. is like, that has a message at the end, like something that the audience can really, it's like a journey that the audience takes. So I think... That is where we are lacking in this Mm -hmm. community. We don't have evening-length performances that we do. We don't have dance productions that we do, like a whole-length productions. It's mostly, like, smaller recitals here and there. Mm -hmm. I think the only thing that we have in Jamestown right now, which is a full-length thing, is the Nutcracker that, uh, you know, um, Chautauqua Regional Youth Ballet does every year. But apart from that, it's just mostly, like, recitals and that to, like, it's, you know, kind of limited to students, like, you know, children... Uh, below the age of 18 kind of performing. So we don't really have professional dancers doing this.
0: That's interesting. And I mean, that's that I like talking to you because it's, you know, I'm not really ingrained in the dance world to like to learn that stuff. And like, I mean, even that, I guess you're right. As as I'm thinking about it, it is a lot of like recitals. And I don't, I don't think variety shows the right word, but maybe you go for an hour of dance, but it's broken up into all these. It's not like you're talking about. It's not this full, yeah, snippets. It's not like the full, you're not telling a full story for an hour the entire performance right. just through this one thing you're right, right. it's kind right. of those like little yeah. kind of which yeah it sounds like attention span is part of that it sounds like right right you know
1: yeah and also like lack of professional dancers in our area like people have not continued dancing beyond the age of 18. Due to lack of resources, due to lack of, you know, I guess, paid opportunities. Yes, exactly. So, which has been the reason that we've not seen as many professional dancers in this area. And it takes a lot to actually keep dancing because it's a very physically taxing uh, art form. Short professional window. Yeah, and a very short professional window as well. So, like, you know, to kind of maintain yourself, maintain your health, your physique, your endurance, stability, stamina, it takes a lot of money. You have to, you know go take uh you know strengthening classes or you have to take regular dance classes which again we don't have a lot for adults in this area we have very limited uh dance offerings for adults and there's like the stigma about dancing i think a lot of people feel awkward about dancing (laughs) as well after the age of 18 it's like oh i don't know i don't feel like dancing but it is you know such a a very important part i think like just to kind of have that feeling of moving yeah exactly
0: do you do you find kind of going off of that cuz like as we are talking about, you know, like I was like asking if like people's attention spans and stuff are getting shorter when not doing like those full productions and stuff. It also seems like maybe there's part of it where people just don't even realize that side of the art form. Mm-hmm. Like like you're saying it's not there for them. It's not even that they're not into it or anything. They don't really exist in that exactly. form. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And also like, you know, the most popular form of entertainment that we have right now is either social media or the television. And you don't really see like, you know, longer format performances of dance in no. these mediums. So, you know, as as you said, like, people are not exposed to it. And if they are not exposed to it, you know, we can't blame them for not, you know, being enthusiastic about it.
0: Yeah, it's not even that they don't like it. It's that they just don't even know it's a thing. Exactly. Yes.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: For, like, actually kind of interesting, like, for you, Daryl, like, I mean, kind of, I'm sure doing the company manager and doing all that, you've learned a lot about dance. Like, did you know much beyond beforehand? Or, I mean, was this a crash course? If you learned everything you know from dancing through Sakanya? I
2: I mean, I'll... very humbly, um, I was absolutely illiterate on the topic of dance prior <laughs> to meeting her. Um, this is something I've been learning more and more about over the past 10 years. Um, but absolutely, I, I feel like the, the perspective I bring is kind of almost the, the the lay everyday perspective, like growing up in this in this background that we just kind of laid out. I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania. We didn't have really anything in the arts aside from maybe some painting and an art class or... We had music. Um, we had music, but even then, that was still very—it wasn't dance. Like I yeah. had no impression of dance. Like I, I actually I, to, to tell on myself. I remember early on when I was talking to her when we met. I think my initial impression of what she did when she said Indian classical, and I kind of laugh about it now because I've heard other people make this mistake. They're like, "Oh, so you do uh, belly dancing?" <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, so I have I have a deep level of empathy when people come with that perspective because honestly it's not really their fault it's just the the arts community it's it's tough to get people educated on a topic that they're not exposed to and there's no real clear way of entry like there's such a barrier to have this like if it's not in your school uh, local universities often don't have robust dance programs and even if they do it's going to be often limited due to educational or even resources also
1: uh, also like siloed off they don't uh-huh. offer a lot to the community no. you know where they're at so there's very little like outreach I guess
2: yeah so I I mean I feel like uh, where the role I have with the company is just kind of trying to bring that perspective and maybe some of the gaps and where we can address those with the organization and just try to make sure we're reaching the right people and just broadening the broadening that education around dance
0: that's very interesting I mean again because yeah I mean it, it's it's that point where, yeah, I mean, you're kind of schooling us there because, like, I guess I don't know the dance scene around here, the dance world, and, I mean, including how many different parts and aspects to it is. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I guess that's a great point of, of going back to that where it's like, yeah, you just don't know. it Like, if this isn't offered to you in your backyard, like, how would you know about it? You right. know what I mean? Right. But, yeah, right. I mean, I assume you're finding a lot of people who, yeah, like, it this is a brand-new world for them. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have people coming in who are just, like, they – they know nothing it's not that they have a little experience in it they they come in like knowing nothing and
1: yeah and uh, you know there's a lot of misconception about dance because if you see the kinds of dance that we have in our community is again very again uh, i guess it's a heavy word but it's eurocentric right like all these dance just forms, pertaining to western western forms. forms have basically come from you know a a very specific set of cultural practices of Europe, and then it kind of, you know, broken down into ballet and... um,
2: Essentially ignoring that there's dance anywhere else but then in the world, there
1: are so many other dance techniques and styles which we call which we kind of group them as world dance which but is ethnic very or b- exotic. which is very bizarre for me like you know what like what is world dance like you know it's a very good point it's it's a, yeah i mean and i disagree with so many of the you know academic institutions kind of also teaching world dance courses because it doesn't make sense like then we are kind of being very binary about oh there's this Western form of dance, this group, and then everything else falls into this bucket. <laughs> That's right? just like broad
0: strokes, too. Right. Like, you're not going to get the full story there. It's very, exactly. like, not setting much time on And that. also,
1: it's kind of, I feel like we are not then um, appreciating, like, the nuances and the, the complexities of all the other dance forms. We are, like, kind of saying, oh, everything falls under this category, right? But there's this whole world of, like, movement. And movement is so, like... Uh, it's a, in, integral to us, right? Like, every day, like, anything that we do is movement, and basically dance is, like, you take that movement, and then um, with with time and with duration, like, you kind of extend that movement into uh, something more, uh, I guess, communal, something that, you know, you can do it together, that becomes folk, and then if you can, like, really refine on those techniques, and build up on those techniques, then it kind of, init- I mean, initially it's folk, and then it progresses into something more classical, like with time. Um, but I think that's where we kind of miss it when we just, you know, compartmentalize those things. Um, so what I kind of try, what I'm trying to do is like bring awareness to all these different genres of dance beyond what we see here. And that that there is not a particular pathway that you have to take to be a dancer. You know, in our mind, we know like you have to go to a ballet studio at the age of three if you ever want to become a dancer. And then you can only do it till the age of 30 and then you have to retire because that's, that's the lifespan of a dancer. But there are forms out there that can have a longer lifespan. Mm-hmm. People can do it beyond those... 10 20 years of like you know dancing and something that you know, not everyone has to be a professional dancer you can also just like you know um enjoy it appreciate it and you know uh just just take part write in it, it as a yeah write about it take part in it as an audience you know so that just the, the, kind of creating that awareness and uh education around it is is what i'm do, trying to
0: kind of actually kind of going off that like That that side of it of, you know, maybe maybe you do it a little more like competitively or whatever growing up and then yeah, sadly it sounds like it does go by the wayside for a lot of people and they let it go. I mean, is that kind of a problem there? Do not a lot of people like keep it as a hobby later on? Like there's other things I don't know, like music. Like maybe you try to try to go for it with music and make a living, it doesn't happen. But I feel like a lot of people continue on. You'll still do it as a hobby or for the love of it. It sounds like there is a little more drop off in dancing. Is that is that a thing where like Like you're saying, you hit that age and it's like, well, I'm not just going to kind of do this for fun now. It's like, they just drop it entirely.
1: Yeah, a lot of... a lot of it is like people don't pursue it recreationally after a while. That's surprising. Yeah, yeah. And it's expensive. You know, dance classes are expensive. Um, you know, uh, specifically if you're doing like Western dance forms, you are required to have like certain attires and certain yeah. shoes. And, you know, those are expensive. Like point shoes are, you know, for ballet, they wear point shoes, which is like the, the box shoes where they okay. go up on their toes. They are like $100 for a pair and it can only last you probably for a week oh, or more. Or wearing a week. those out,
0: I'd imagine two weeks. Yeah, many.
1: yeah, I mean and even if you're it's doing it recreationally, even if you're doing it recreationally, you're just doing it, you're probably going to have it last for maybe a month or, you know, Jeez. a little bit more than a month. So, you know, that's a huge expense on, you know, uh, you cannot afford that. You that's like $1200 a year, you know, you're trying to spend. So, there's the, those barriers are there as well. I,
2: Something I want to add, too, just speaking to your question about why don't people continue to pursue this after they're 18? Yeah. So I, I, I think where the comparison falls compared to music, at least when you're a musician, you're probably going to pick one instrument that you're going to specialize in. Maybe two. But you're going to have your bass, right? Like you're going to, like, guitar, piano, violin, cello, drums, w- whatever it is, that's going to be your specialty. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the problem that I think is compounded with the current culture around dance that we have right now is it's hard to find an institution where they just kind of pick a lane and get you highly trained in that technique. And a lot of dancers, unfortunately by the time they turn 18, if they're not in a particular educational track, they don't have that base that they can lean on. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So they have no foundation, which is a problem. Like it's not that you have to pick one or the other, one's better than another but you need to you need like good solid training in a form just like with instruments. Yeah. You can't jump around to 10 different instruments and think that you're going to be good. If you dabble just
0: a little of each you're not. Mm-hmm. It sounds no. like you might know a little of this and dancing a little of this and a little mm-hmm. of this but like that. Yeah, you don't have that one defined cut and dry this is what I do. This is kind of my skill set kind of. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So
2: that's kind of what we've been seeing and uh, what we're trying to address and speak on and
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing is that, you know, when, when he talked about concentrating on a certain form, it's not that we are discouraging people from you know, to try different forms. You should definitely try different forms. But what happens, this the studio model that we have uh, in, again, most small towns and even in cities is that they want to cater like because of driven by the profit motive again like you know they want to cater to a larger group of students uh, and they're going to offer a variety of classes just to kind of attract students in saying like oh you know we do jazz we do tap we do musical theater we do hip-hop though they're not either bringing in quality instructors to actually teach those forms or they are not really pushing the students to develop like technique and progress in the technique. So they are like, it's almost like a buffet of dance and you're kind of picking and choosing, you know, a little bit of each and you're doing it every time you come. So like, you know, oh, for yeah, a whole a week. Yeah, and then you can never really get that solid technique and understanding of a form. And a huge problem in some of our commercial studios is that there is no... Um, uh, I guess there's no education around the theory of dance. So you're just coming into a dance class, you're dancing, sweating out for an hour, you know, learning a, a number, a routine or whatever that you're going to perform in a competition. And that's about it. You know, you're not going through technique class. Whereas like when we learned, you know, in, in, in I guess the conservatory that I was like in, in India, it's called a gurukul. There was, there was no question of performance until your teacher thought that you're ready to perform. So your, your thing is you just come every day and you kind of, you know, just go on with your technique class, the very boring basic stuff. You do it over and over and over and over again until your teacher thinks you're ready to actually perform. And then you do this huge thing, the huge showcase that you do. And it's a solo recital that we do solo for 3 hours. Whoa! my god. Yes, so it's called wow. Yeah, so it's it's called um there are two names for it and these are Indian terms. It's called Ar- Arangetram or Ranga Purvesham, and which means you're entering the arena or entering the stage. And you have a whole 3-hour recital that you're supposed to do with live music. You know, live musicians will be there and the audiences are there to kind of witness your uh, artistry, your endurance, your stamina, your you know technique work, you know. So it's a prolonged thing that you're doing, and once you're done, your teacher or your guru will present you with your first set of. We call it bell, like gongroos or bells for your feet because uh, Indian classical forms are very percussive in nature. So you kind of create your own rhythms wearing those bells. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's what they will offer to you, your first set of professional bells. That's that's what they call you. And then you're ready to be a performer after that.
0: I le- that makes sense to me. That that path makes total sense because even, even kind of going back to the instrument thing, if you kept going to class every day, it's like today... You play with a keyboard for thirty minutes tomorrow. You go to play guitar for thirty minutes tomorrow. You to play bass for thirty minutes, but you just do that every single week. You're never what are you going to get good at? Right. Like you'll know these very, very basic entry level things, but you're never going to get to the point where like that recital. Like yeah, go play keyboard for thirty minutes and now go do a recital in in four weeks. It's like that doesn't right that doesn't work. I mean, because also as I'm sure you see, everyone kind of develops at different parts. I like mm-hmm. that because it sounds like you have a little time to develop in there. Right. It sounds like you can kind of. Find your voice, mm-hmm. your footing, all that. Like, mm-hmm. it's not this forced. Well, what can you get done in four weeks, and right. we'll just see what happens then. It's,
1: yeah, exactly. And um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not dissing the whole recreational dance and kind of trying out different things, which is totally the thing. I think everyone should do that. You know, test it out. It's a good way to start. Yeah, it's a good way to start, and it's a good way after being a professional to kind of expand and experiment. But in that process from starting to the process where you are either deemed as a professional or if you're deemed as someone who has this extensive experience of like a minimum of 10 years of doing this, you know, that should be the very boring part of your life. It's just like repeating the same things over and over and over again until you master it.
2: And at the very least, just having an option for kids and people coming up to pursue that
1: yeah yeah that
2: too like right now it's 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 really hard to locate options for kids that are serious about dance and these parts to uh basically be like a professional track like yeah this is when just like in school uh they have like ap classes they have uh more serious like to, if they identify these kids are going to excel in college they're going to get them on that fast track to make sure that they're doing everything they need to to be the best prepared possible once they hit the professional realm
0: it, it does it's interesting because it's like making me think too like like with something like that if you if you go in and like yeah you can like dabble here and there but like it makes you wonder maybe there's someone who would be really good at one form of dance and it's like because they went in in that path and it's like they just try a little here they just try a little there like maybe the four they tried it isn't right for them but like maybe had they had time with this one to spend time like you're talking about repetition you got to have repetition to get good mm-hmm. at something as boring and mundane as it is right. to keep doing things like you got to do it to get good so like right. maybe if they were able to do that and like develop more and take that time where it's like okay like overnight maybe you're not the master at this right. like right i'm sure there's probably some people who like you know got flustered with, with in any field but like with dancing where it's like they didn't do it where it's like had you had something like that had time to develop mm-hmm. figure out the different sides like who knows? You might have been the best dancer in the world. Yeah. And
1: then there are a couple other problems. I feel like, you know, again, um, we have these things of like a lot of different extracurricular activities that people want to try, which is again a good thing. People should try different things. But what is seen, what I have seen at least in my last ten years of being in this area, like looking at dance, uh and and young dancers, is that by the time they hit middle school age, they have to they try for different things, right? They have they have soccer, they have um, basketball, I don't know, like you know ten different things that they are trying, and those have seasons, and they are invested in those, and that's where they kind of take away their time from dancing as well. Dancing is something very much similar to any physical sport. Like if you are off, and then you want to come back to it, it's
0: hard. That agility, it is very un- you lose it it's fast. unforgiving.
1: <laughs> it's unforgiving. It's like you know the dance would know like you have not been <laughs> committed to it and it's going to be very hard to kind of recover from that the so stage
2: is very exposing
1: yeah and <laughs> so, yes and it doesn't lie the yeah. mirror doesn't lie and the stage doesn't lie <laughs> so you know you cannot cover up for that so i have seen so many good dance students who have like kind of taken off a season or maybe a year or two and, you know, have gone and done different things. And when they actually come back, then they are not at the same level. And it's like, again, ground zero. And like, you know, you have to start from zero and like, you know, keep working. So they lose out on those very vital few years. And um, I, I wish there was more of a professional track that people can do is like, if you're invested in this, this, art form you have to invest 10 years of your life in actually like learning and understanding and developing
0: you bring up a good point too like of the balance of things where like i'm sure you see like with that where the cockiness of well i know i'm doing i've done this in seven months or whatever i'm just gonna get up there and it's like yeah you can have the talent is part of it but it sounds like the other part is like keeping in shape being able to do Mm -hmm. those things it's like you know it takes a very long time to build that stamina up and to be able to do all that but when you let it go, it's very, you know, very quickly, right. it's gone like that. But that that does sound like a balance. Like, again, I mean, there's skill and talent, but, like, there's also that side where, like, you got to kind of keep up. And it's like, just because you were good at it last right. year doesn't mean right. you could just pick this up later on and yeah, just like nothing.
2: Yep. I love yep. to uh, – I'm famous for bringing up sports when it's not relevant. But have you ever seen some athletes when they come out of the offseason – and oh, not in good shape. Not in great shape, <laughs> and there's often jokes in the media or, oh, they're going to have to take the season to actually get back in the shape. So hopefully by the time playoffs roll around, <laughs> they're in playing shape. Like, they're good for that. But uh, dance doesn't even have that luxury of having that opportunity where you can just dedicate your full amount of time to that sport. Like, yeah, athletes are off for the summer. They come back, but that's what they're doing full time, full stop. Like, yeah, so they can spend all the time they want in the gym, Uh for basketball shooting hoops and just doing drills for dance. So many dancers often have jobs as well. So like if you get off that treadmill or if you get off that track, like it's, I mean,
1: you're talking about professional dancers. I'm just talking about students. Oh, even, even
2: professional dancers. Like so many of them are still working
0: side jobs. So yeah, if they took a year off, it's, It's, it's hard, hard to get back on that yeah you lose that very fast mm-hmm. so don't yeah. stop dancing <laughs>
1: no no it's it's like it's it's any like any sport you know dance is that weird art form it's like the intersection between sport and art. And, Makes sense. Yeah. And it's it, that's why I feel it's like the stepchild of the arts. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you don't belong fully here. And then the sports have not claimed it as well. So it's just like kind of hanging in there in between.
0: That's interesting. That's a really, I, I think you're spot on with it. Yeah. But yeah, you're, you're totally right. It exists somewhere like in the middle of those it's two things. It's an athletic
2: art form. It's an, yeah. <laughs> There we go. Athletic yeah. art form. Yeah.
0: I do, you know, Skanya, I do want to bring up, I know uh, next month you're going to be recognized for uh, the Power of the Future Award for the 2020. 23 YWCA Jamestown women of achievement like tell us a little bit about that like when'd you find out you'd be getting the award what does the award entail like like fill us in a little about this and also huge congratulations thank you
1: thank you yeah I I just got to know like a couple weeks ago that you know I that I was one of the nominees for the YWCA women uh, women of achievement power the future award and then uh, a week ago they confirmed that I was the recipient of the Power of the Future which was very exciting um, I know there have been amazing women before me who've like won this award and, and really really look up to them uh, I, I find uh, <laughs> I'm like on that cusp you know that, that there's an age age category out there for Power of the Future it's like you have to be anyone under 35. the age of 35 so I was like right at the, that cusp of it so uh i'm i'm excited i i can't believe i'm i'm gonna be 35 soon <laughs> which is so weird uh, i still feel 20 though so uh, Me but too. yeah same, <laughs> same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know uh i i guess the category talks about how someone can be in a leadership role in the future have potential to be a leader in uh, their field in the future which, I mean, I I'm I feel very grateful that the YWCA think that I'm, I'm capable of that. Um, I think this will help me uh, in actually elevating uh, my voice as well as like the voices of all the other artists in this area to kind of take up leadership roles, you know, because artists oftentimes are... Some of the most, um, you know, soft-spoken people, they don't really talk much. They don't talk beyond their work. They don't advocate for their work sometimes. And, you know, I think that should change. Uh, Artists should be advocating for their work. They should be in leadership positions or at least decision-making positions in a lot of organizations because... Uh, if you look at like organizational structures, most of it is like, you know, people were not very innovative <laughs> up on top and you need that voice of innovation. And I think that's where like artists should fit in. Uh, I'm hoping this would also encourage other artists to do um, daring work in the future, you know, um, edgier work in the future. Um, be the culture bearer, be the change maker in our community as well. Um and and I'm again very excited. I also got to meet Natalie Merchant, by the way. Oh, nice! Because of that. Nice,
0: yeah. very nice.
1: Yeah, and uh, that was that was amazing. I mean, we, so humble. Yeah. Oh my God, so she's humble. amazing. She's so amazing and so committed to the people of Jamestown and Chautauqua County. It's just incredible.
0: Very nice. I mean, we're happy to see what you're doing as well. It sounds like, Clean for the dance world. I mean, it's Kanye Berman. That's that's going to be a name around here. I hope so. <laughs> I, I think it is. I I'm going to say out. it is.
2: I think it sticks out. It <laughs> sticks out.
0: It does. It sticks out. It works. Yeah. It works. I mean, as we as we kind of start to close this out. I mean, we got you have a lot going on right now. But the year's about halfway done. But we still got half a year left. I mean, what what do you kind of have planned in the world of Sakanya Berman in the second half of uh, 2023? What should people kind of like stay on the lookout for? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you sound very busy. There's a lot of going on now as well, but I'm sure you also are working on things coming up in the future.
1: That is true. I, I did receive a New York State Council of the Arts grant this year to present a show in Jamestown, New York. So I am actually performing on November 2nd at the Robert E. Jackson Center. Oh, nice. uh, my production is called The Bayadere, Past, Present, and Future. Uh, some of the folks who've been kind of uh, familiar with the dance world knows like La Bayadere is a very famous ballet that was choreographed by Petipa based on the Indian temple dancer, though there are a lot of controversies around it as to how it was represented, how it was exotified. So my production is basically demystifying that and taking out the exoticism out of it and actually telling the story of Indian classical dance, specifically Bharatanatyam, through the voice of a temple dancer who have been in the pre-colonial times, post colonial I mean, colonial times, and then post-colonial times, and how this dance form has gone from the temples to the, uh, you know, court, to the local like common public to the proscenium so the whole journey of that dance from again like from the temple to the proscenium so uh, I have a couple collaborators for that we have dancers from Buffalo uh, and New York City uh, joining me for that as well and uh, it's just a one-night show uh, November 2nd at the Robert E. Jackson Center
0: Oh nice. We might that's a little ways away. We'll have you back before that. Talk about it, like yes. talk about that some more. Yes.
2: Very very cool. We Thank do you. have uh, another show. It's a much smaller um appearance more of a guest appearance yeah
1: so i love doing like uh improv shows uh and a part of my dance work which was like a lot of people find it very like interesting and confusing at the same time like uh how can you just do improv in like you know uh, improv dance uh, improv dance in a in a setting though improv dance is a huge scene like in in the dance community there's a there's a whole world of improv dances that happen like like um uh, oh my god immerse cunningham was like he was the the Trailblazer for improv dance. But, anyways, I do a lot of improv dance and I also do improv dance in Indian classical forms. So, very recently, I actually collaborated with Adam McKillop
2: of The Probables. Um, oh, yeah.
1: And he we played a, a mandocello. Yes, he had this instrument called a mandocello. It's a cross between a mandolin and a cello.
2: It's a mandolin really? with cello strings.
1: Yeah, it was just so cool. It's a very bassy, like, sound to it as well. And we just, you know, improvised at the Beer Snob, and it was just, just very like a little
2: ten-minute set. Yeah, we
1: had a ten-minute set, and it was really fun and no
2: rehearsals. It was just yeah,
1: and just then people it. were very surprised by it because they did not expect to see a dance performance or <laughs> dance improv like that. So kind of uh, being encouraged by that success we are also performing on August 5th at uh, the beer snob for the, the vaudeville show, show uh, that is being produced by Paul Clemente, Clemente of the karate sleepover oh
0: nice oh very nice yeah no stranger to arts on fire
1: yes nice
0: yes, no. yes. well I mean we, we've told people I mean you got you got a ton going on you have the dance studio you have lots to us stay connected with where should we send people now where can we where can we find you online
2: www. Sukanya S U K A N Y A Burman B U R M A N dot com, or on Instagram. It's
1: Sukanya uh, Burman Dance on Instagram and YouTube. Sukanya, yep, you can, YouTube same like Sukanya Burman Dance, and Facebook as well. I guess Facebook if that's a thing again. I don't know. Is it still a thing?
0: I think so. Okay.
2: We're we're slowly venturing into the TikTok, oh, but that has TikToks. not been developed
1: yet. I yeah, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Um, oh man! Yeah, but yeah, you can find us there. Uh, you know, say hi, drop in a hi um, on our Instagram page if you want to Sukanya Burman dance and follow us there. We would love to have your support. And then we are in and around town a lot. We go to a lot of shows. You know that happens. We like to support other artists in mm-hmm. the area, so you'll always see us like hanging out for different shows. And if you see me, like come say hi. Nice. nice.
2: And I'll just do a shout out if any artists out there are interested in collaborating joke
1: yes please yes i'm open to everything so experimentation is my jam
0: nice nice i mean sakanya daryl great having you both in Thank All, you. always very fun i'll be back with more for you in just a second go nowhere you're tuned into arts on fire right here on 107.9 wrfa